saying, cab the best we got out there. But until he appear, I'm sitting in his chair. I'm gonna need a few moments just to get in your ear. To make you forget the dude was ever even here. I got two words for the world. Be prepared. I got Welcome everybody to Jeff versus the World presents the I'm Not Dave Wrestling Podcast episode number seven. And on this week, I got my man Manny Brown here again. What's going on? What's up, man? Glad to be back on the show. Uh, I guess before we get started, let everybody know what it is that you do and where they can reach you on uh, social media and where they can listen to your podcast. Well, uh, once again, my name is uh, Manny Brown, and I am the host of Any Given Sunday. It's a sports conversation podcast, uh, mostly sports, although sometimes we veer off into different topics. Um, but uh, yeah, my podcast is available anywhere where you can po- find podcasts for free. You know, uh, Apple, Spotify, uh, Google, Stitcher, you name it. You know what I mean? Anywhere you can find podcasts, I'm there. So check it out. Any Given Sunday, I'm a part of the Dead End Podcast Network as well, so... I'm also a contributor on Unwrapped Sports. So, uh, yeah, man, I'm, I, I be getting busy on this podcast thing. So, uh, yeah, man, check it out. It's a, it's a really good show. have uh, guests on weekly. Uh, Jeff, my man Jeff has been a guest on the show before. So, uh, yeah, um, and you guys can find me on Twitter. Once I get off of Twitter jail, uh, you guys can interact with me. Um, I am. You can follow me at on Twitter at Brown. Uh, same thing for Instagram at Brown, And, of course, um, you can follow the show at AGS pod on Twitter, AGS podcast on Instagram. Um, how did you get in Twitter jail? A mutual friend of ours. So I tweeted something at our friend, uh, Cameron Hawkins, AKA Seahawk. I got you. And, uh, (laughs) yeah. Then then the Twitter cops came after me. So, you know, it'd be like that. Yeah. It happens. There's no, there's no, there's real no consistency in how they, they block people now on Twitter. Cause it's like, you get blocked for the most innocuous things, and then people tw- people tweet the most like craziest, randomest stuff ever. So I, I I don't know what the bylaws and the laws of, of Twitter is now, but it is what it is. Yeah. All right. So we're here to talk about wrestling. And I have to ask you. So as of week ten of this whole Wednesday night uh, wrestling, how do you feel about uh, AEW on week ten right now? I think it's a solid product, man. I mean, I think it's a solid show. Um, I, I think we, you know, I think I was debating with somebody online that, you know, it, it's 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 going to have its growing pains. I mean, is everything perfect with AEW right now? No, absolutely not. I think you can find holes in a lot of different things right now, uh, specifically the way they're booking Cody and, and the Bucks, although I'm not as, with the way they're booking Cody and, and uh, Omega and the Bucks, I know a lot of people have criticism of that. I'm not as, I'm not as upset about that because I, I I get what they're trying to do and I actually commend them on what they're trying to do mm-hmm. by not overbooking those guys. You know, the guys that are also part of management, you know, they're not trying to stuff them down people's throats. I think they're trying to, an earnest effort to kind of be consistent with their booking. Um, but look, I, it, there's going to be growing pains with the product. I mean, it's a company that's what, a year, a year and a half old at this point. Well, so maybe TV wise, this is what, two months? Yeah, two, and, yeah exactly and as, a, and as a as a full product we're having a tv show i mean what two and a half months now three months you know almost i mean there's going to be some program there's going to be some growing pains i'm sure i'm sure a year and some months into wwe's first few months they had some problems i'm sure we can go back into the into the into the vault and 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 probably pick at some things that wwe did wrong back in the day 
same thing for you know nwa or awa or name the promotion so it's going to take time it's going to take time for them to find their footing but for a promotion that's what a year and a half old a tv show that's three months old it's a solid product i mean if nothing else it's a solid decent product could it be better absolutely but it's it's pretty good um i have this idea or what uh, i'm thinking that it's when it comes to the fans and the people that's watching this show and you know how twitter can be a thing and everybody gets on twitter and you know tweets about what's going on i'm finding it very interesting now that a lot of fans have already jumped off and say you know what i'm not i'm not doing it i'm not i can't do it anymore for whatever reasons and on aew you mean yes yes aew now, yeah. mind you, I haven't been on I haven't been on Twitter in a week. Oh, <laughs> so my 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 ban, my Twitter ban ends tonight at like ten o'clock sometime. But um, I haven't been on in a week, so to be fair, I I haven't. No- but I mean, just in a couple of weeks, I haven't noticed too. I mean, I've noticed I've noticed like the casual fans, I guess that mm-hmm. have. And by casual, I mean like the fan, like not the the not hardcore AEW fans, because you know AEW has the stands out there, the AEW stands out there that everything AEW does is just gold and brilliant, and and you, you know then you have your like ultra hardcore WWE stands that everything WWE does is great or oh you, they're misunderstood, and then you guys got, and then you kind of have everybody in the middle, right? Mm-hmm. I have noticed that the people in the middle are starting to turn a little bit on AEW, and I find it interesting too. Um, I, I don't really know why, just because I, I don't think they've done anything terribly wrong mm-hmm. to have people turning on them so fast. Um, yeah, so I don't, I don't get it. What do you? I guess I'll flip it back on you. What do you think is the cause of it? I think it's a thing of because we have become such a a, a microwave society that mm-hmm. it AEW has is basically taking it back to no we're going to tell stories and we're going to have these um you know straight turning lines left to right up and down storylines and we're getting to a certain point and I think a lot of fans aren't used to that because you know now it's just quick. Uh, we like this person. We want you to turn them heel. We want you to turn them baby face. Uh, because the fans are kind of getting what they want to a certain degree. Right. And with AEW, I feel like they have the thing in it. Like I like I told somebody before. You know when it first started, I it seemed like to me they had a vision of where they wanted to go. And once they got to the to their first pay per view full gear, it was like man that was a that was a good pay per view. It was, you know, yeah. it was a crescendo to a lot of things they set up. And now the stories are, you know, going again until whichever show they do or if they do a TV special. I'm not sure uh, when's the next pay-per-view. And I think a right. lot of people are rejecting that because you're not seeing, like on NXT, you're not seeing a, a, um Adam Cole versus Keith Lee match. You, you know, they can always do those matches because, I mean, look at your roster. Mm-hmm. And especially, you know, now of the hype of, you know, Keith Lee and we'll get there. But AEW is looking at it as we're not going to use everybody each week. Um, we have certain stories that we want to tell and get out there. Uh, my biggest, I think my biggest gripe with uh, AEW right now is just the women's division and them finding somebody yeah. to stick. I think that's, yeah. the, they, need, they need somebody who's going to, uh, a Tessa Blanchard or, 
uh what's her name jordan jordan grace i believe her name is somebody uh, yeah, like that so. somebody like that to stick out and tessa blanchard would just be the ultimate you know just sign the mm-hmm. check whatever she wants. but um yeah i just don't think fans want to sit there and wait i think fans are now very impatient and they want to see something now like you can you can always know on nxt for the last what couple of weeks or maybe months or <laughs> maybe years you're always going to find one match on an nxt show that's going to be a great tv match you're going to see this well, one thing that people are going to talk about you know oh that match was so good or did everybody see it and people talk about it but they have this history they have this stuff built up and I think it's kind of unfair uh, not waving the AEW flag. I just think it's unfair for people just to be like, ah, oh, you know, two months, I'm out. No, you know, this is not happening. It's slow. And of course it's going to be slow. They're building. They're there. Well, I, 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 yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. I think you, you're spot on on everything that you pointed out. I think it's a, I think it's a product, like you said, of this, of this current era of wrestling fans that I think have been, spoiled by the ring of honors of the world of the nxts of the world the indie scene in general and i kind of get a lot of flack online because you know people look at me as a as an nxt hater i'm not an nxt hater and my philosophy on wrestling is basically that to me stories draw money not necessarily matches like matches matches are a byproduct great matches to me are can be a bribe a byproduct of great story You know what I'm saying? But to me, feuds and storylines are where draw money. When you have those great feuds, those great stories that have a beginning, a middle, and an end, and and the end could be a great match. It could be a great series of matches. But I I think those are two symbiotic relationships. And I think that we have a fan base now that, oh, just give me a five-star classic each week. I don't care what the story is. Just give me a five-star classic each week. And to me, I, I don't think that draws money. Yeah, it draws five star praise from the Dave Meltzers of the world, but does that draw money? And what I and what I mean by drawing money is draw money by the casual fan, you know, the mm-hmm. housewife in Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's like I don't really like wrestling, but man, that was a great story. Or the the the, the lapsed wrestling fan that used to watch WWE back in 1998 and could care less about it now. You know what I'm saying? That's where you're drawing money when you're bringing in people that don't watch. You're bringing in casual fans. You're bringing in people that aren't even wrestling fans. That's what I mean by drawing money. Like each promotion is going to have their hardcore base. Like WWE has its base. The mm-hmm. guys like me and you, the guys that are going to travel to WrestleManias, the guys that are going to buy the merch, the guys that are going to watch every show, regardless if it's trash, regardless if it's, it's the greatest thing ever. That's our. That's their base. And the same thing for AEW. Same thing for Ring of Honor. Same thing for Impact. Same thing for 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 Dragon Gate, etc. The problem is, how do you bring in those other folks? How do you bring in those folks that are laughs? How do you bring in those folks that don't watch it on a regular basis? How do you bring in the folks, the, the girlfriends of the of the hardcore wrestling guy? You know what I'm saying? How do you bring those folks in? And to me, I think you bring those folks in with great characters and great storytelling and, of course, great matches. But we have a fan base now and we have a wrestling community now where it's, oh, I just want a five-star classic. And I would argue with folks is, yeah, NXT, you're going to more, more likely than not, you're going to get great matches on NXT pretty regularly, about 90 percent of the time. What does it all mean at the grand scheme of things? What does it all mean? I mean, 
it doesn't really mean anything. I mean, look at it this way. Exactly. <laughs> look, look at it this way. Um, Ring of Honor, and I was, I mean, when I say I was a diehard Ring of Honor fan, I was diehard from 2002 to maybe 2016 or 15. And then I just fell off because the product, you know, everything just changed. Mm -hmm. But I can list off tons, tons of great um, Brian, Brian, Brian Danielson matches. Uh, tons of great uh, AJ Styles, tons of great CM Punk, whoever you want. When it Nigel comes to McGinnis. yeah, I can to Tyler Black. <laughs> yep. uh, I can list them all. But then I look like, well, what was the story in Ring of Honor when it was happening? And more than anything, those are the things that drew me in. If it was a good story, because I knew around that time, especially early Ring of Honor, and that uh, when it was like maybe. Punk and Joe carrying the banner. I knew right. I was going to see a great match. There was no problem about, you know, we have to worry about that. It was just like, but I want to see a good story too. Like the Summer of Punk, I always thought that was so good in Ring of Honor with him basically winning the Ring of Honor, win, winning the Ring yes. of Honor title and signing the, ring, uh, signing the WWE contract and basically holding Ring of Honor hostage. <laughs> I thought that great was great. Story. Yeah, I thought it was great a great story. story. And those are the things that I think as I got older, I start to remember. Like Tommaso Ciampa and uh, Gar Gargano matches were great, but look at that story they told the, the, the two years that, you know, mm -hmm. this person got pulled into it and, you know, that person got pulled into it and it was just still in the end. It came down to those two in the end, a winner and a loser. And I just thought that was so good. I thought that was one of the best stories I'm talking about on, as far as WWE main show whatever you want to call it i thought it was one of the best stories they told in a long 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 time and i think you are right i think those that's something that's really missing like okay we have this outrageous story with lana and rusev of rusev and uh bobby lashley and truth be told it may have been a cleaner way to tell the story it may have been a more adult way to tell the story but out the gate, it was just jumbled and fumbled up. And I'm just like, what are we doing mm -hmm. right now? And right. nobody cared. Yeah, you may have got laughs off certain things and you might have got some uh, gifts or whatever it may be. But the story just got fumbled up because it's the same old thing. And I, I think it's a thing of WWE has gotten away from that. So other companies have gotten away from that. No matter what nobody says, WWE, WWE is the top main roster whatever you know raw smackdown that's what everybody goes to and watches you know wrestling even you know more casuals will go to that uh -huh. before they would go to AEW. so that's what they see and that's what they're gonna you know know once wwe got away from it and really didn't take i'm not gonna say didn't care but got loose with storytelling everybody else did too and then i think well, we, we're in the position that we're in now Yes, true. I would say the WWE still does focus on stories. It's just that they don't do a good job at them. <laughs> that's that's the problem. I, yeah. I think that, you know, go, to my point is yeah, everybody, you know, to me, what draws money is great storylines and great characters and great stories that are being told, not just in the ring, but outside the ring. The problem is when you don't tell those stories, right? That also doesn't draw money either. And, and it loses fans because to me, I've been there when when a story starts out hot and then it kind of just doesn't get out of that second gear. It doesn't it doesn't it doesn't end well or it doesn't hit that crescendo creatively and you you get a story that you just like uh, nah. or I mean, like the Lana and Rusev thing where it's just kind of it's just and I'm I'm not a, I'm not a fan of it 
to begin with, I, I just just because I can't stand Bobby Lashley. Like to me, he's just he's just walking ambient. So it's just I I, I have no interest in seeing him and seeing that storyline. But I agree with you. That storyline could have been much better, but they fumbled and bumbled it, and people lost interest. And then it's just now now it's just an overbooked kind of cartoonish thing that nobody wants to see. And look at look at look at it like this too. Every the last good stories they've had, they fumbled into it or they tripped up into it. Like oops, yes. like, like the Daniel Bryan. They they tried to <laughs> sabotage the storyline as much that as man, they could, yeah. and they couldn't get out their way, and they lucked up into the storyline. Kofi Kingston fumbled, fumbled it all the way until WrestleMania. Yep. It's it's just you know they have to be. The, the, the Chris Jericho Kevin Owens thing oh, that was a great story. Yeah, they. I don't. I wouldn't say they fumbled their way into it. I just don't think they ever thought that would get as over and big as it got. Yeah, I so think it is in a sense. Yeah, they fumbled their way into it. It was like, supposed to be so like, many great storylines. Yeah, it was supposed to be like more of a mid card story to just to pass that what second hour, get through that second right. hour, and it was like, oh no, this is really catching on. But I think um, going back to AEW, I think that's what they're trying to do. Um, you can look at the situations with um, Cody and uh, what was it M- MJF and what they're going through, mm-hmm. and that's a story that's going to mm-hmm. build. And it looks like that's that's going somewhere. Um, it seems like I'm not sure how long this Jericho and um, Moxley thing is going to be, but it seems like they're playing a the long game with it. Just you know, just off observing certain things, especially after. Um, uh, last night and the whole Jericho coming out, you know, staring them down and stuff like that. I think they may try to play the long game with that, you know, have it there. But as that's happening, you know, Jericho will be taking on this young guy, that young guy, just so that, you know, those guys can try to get over, um, which I thought was fantastic for Jungle Boy last night. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Because it's something there yeah, with look, him, you know, and I just yeah, feel like there's this is going to be great. there with him. Look, I, I, I again, I, I guess we're in the minority. I guess I'm in the minority, but I, I don't have a problem with AEW's doing. I, I I think they're being smart. I think they're being judicious. I think they're being prudent in their storylines. And I, I think it's refreshing for a company in 2019 to be doing that. Like yeah. I think they're not they're not booking week to week and you can tell, which is thank I don't know if I'm allowed to curse, but thank fucking God <laughs> yeah, <you're good. laughs> that they're they're not booking week to week. Like they're they're taking their time. Like you said, they're playing the long game. And look, it's going to piss off some fans on the internet. So what? You know what? Like, I think you have to, like, sometimes doing the right thing isn't always going to seem like the right thing to everybody. Mm-hmm. But if you're but if you're confident in what you're doing, and, you know, time will tell. Time will tell if this was the right thing or the wrong thing. Like, right now, you may you see that maybe some people are jumping ship a little bit or are or, or, or wavering on the product somehow. I think you still got to stick with it. I think you still, I think there's, I think you have to be rewarded for, for being patient and being and sticking to your guns a little bit. And I, I commend AEW for doing that. And I want them to continue to do it and not fall under the, Oh, well, we just got to give these guys fast booking and great matches each and every week to keep them coming back. Cause to me that, that has a shelf life too. Yeah. Because it, what's going to happen is you can become, you're going to become a televised ring of honor. That's Basically. what you're going to become. And Basically, you, and you're gonna be borderline. You know, it's you don't want to get into that TNA impact. That that's where you don't want to be at. Um, but I yeah, know, and I'm and I know we're I know we're gonna get into this, but I I will say this. I've said this many times on Twitter, and I've said this before on my show. 
it's interesting that during the biggest boom periods this industry has ever had, what was the main catalyst for those boom periods? Great storylines, great characters. Wasn't wrestling. I would argue we have better wrestling today that we ever had during the rocket wrestling 80s era of the golden era quote unquote oh yeah and 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 definitely and and we definitely have better wrestling than then and i would argue we have better wrestling than the attitude era but (laughs) what what errors were drawing money what errors were filling out buildings after buildings after buildings what 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 era was a boom period and what era is it it's it's not an accident that storylines <laughs> were the main byproduct of those of those wrestling moves. Just saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll get I'm, into it. I know. I know you want. I know you want to get into it. We'll, we'll get into it. We'll, we'll get there. Um, so moving on, you know, and one more thing about uh, the whole AEW thing. I just think there's a lot of uh, people who are critiquing AEW. I think it's a little, they're being a little, you know, disingenuous as far as, you know, giving them a chance. I think it's more of a thing of, well, I waved the, you know, an NXT flag or WWE flag or whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it. So I'm going to, you know, crap on this product as much as I can to show you. I'm going to show everything True. that's that, yeah. you know, I've, I've seen that from yeah. certain people because they don't want it to succeed for whatever reason. The best thing for it is to, to for it to succeed. Uh, but yeah, it's... you know, you know what I also think? I think that AEW got so much hype initially with All In and then All Out, and before they even have a fucking, before they even have a a, a pay per view or even a TV show, they got so much hype. And I think that you know Cody and some of the interviews that he that he gave, and you know, it, it's like they overhyped themselves to the point that if they didn't deliver that and then some, that I think that by by definition some fans were going to be like well you said you were going to go this and you didn't so you're a failure or like you you, you were you were going to feed me filet mignon this ain't filet mignon this is more like beef chuck stew steak like this is this is okay but it's not filet mignon like so like it was bound to disappoint some folks just because it it it, it was a victim of his own hype you know what i'm saying like yeah, it was yeah. so overhyped that yeah. like it was it was bound to not be that all the time. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when people realize, like, oh, it's just like any other wrestling promotion that it's going to have its ebbs and flows, and not every show is going to build to a crescendo, and not every storyline is going to work, and not every match is going to be a five star match. You know, it's amazing, right? That like that happens. You know what I think? I, I you know I'm a big anime fan, and I always get I always get crap from people when I say, oh, I love One Piece. They're like, oh, it's so long or whatever and stuff like that. And I say, yeah, I get it. You know. If you don't want to get into it or you just gave up because it was just like so many episodes, I got it. But that's what I feel like wrestling has always been as filler. It's a lot of filler when it comes to wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you it, got, I mean there's a lot of especially now. I mean, you could you could get away with it in the 70s and the 80s where you had maybe maybe some of these some of these promotions had one TV show and that and one hour at that to just fill and then it was the rest was just house shows and like now think about it look at wwe i mean wwe has a three-hour raw a, a two-hour smackdown a two-hour nxt not to mention monthly pay-per-views and like that's that's a shitload of television <laughs> right and time to have to fill like that's crazy crazy that's that that is an, an absolutely 
exorbitant amount of time to have to fill and write programs for. So, like, especially today's day and age, there's going to be more filler. There just is. You know what I'm saying? There's a reason why these network shows that are air on uh, NBC that have 24-episode seasons, like, not every episode is going to be, you know, you know, just that that cliffhanger or that episode that's going to that's going to just basically drop your jaw every single week cuz they're like yo we can't write 24 episodes like that impossible. It's, it's it's impossible yeah. you know it's a difference you know you watch NCIS there's going to be filler episodes each week it's different than watching you know stranger things where it's a tightly wounded you know basically 10 and a half hour movie you know what i'm saying like yeah. it's different it's a different creative process yeah but you know, it, but you know, it goes back to what I said. Look how people, look how people gobble up um, anything Netflix. Like when Daredevil and Luke Cage was coming out, mm-hmm. how we gobbled mm-hmm. it up, and it's just like, Jesus, you done already? <laughs> and it's yeah. just like, and so, I'm one of those. Oh, and I'm one of those. Oh, me and, too. And I'll be honest, and I'll be honest with you, like I kind of miss the week to week. Like I'm enjoying Mandalorian now because I get a few days to kind of, it, it it sits with me for a little bit. Like it sits with yeah. me for a couple days. Like. Don't get me wrong. I love binging and I love watching, you know, when Stranger Things drops a new episode each and every, you know, when Stranger, Stranger Things drops, like that whole weekend, it's just Stranger Things. You know what I'm saying? So I get it and I understand it. But afterwards, it's like, damn, there's yeah, no it's more like, Stranger Things. It's like, I've done. Only, like I've sped through it that I find myself having to go back and watch key episodes because I feel like if it, it feels like it's almost too fast. Like, it's just like, damn, you just you consume it so much so quickly that it almost leaves more. It leaves you wanting more. And I guess that's the. The brilliance of it, I guess, but yeah. I do miss that week to week ride that you get with other shows where it's just like you're invested over the long haul, week to week to week to week. It's it's a little bit different. And I'm more invested in I'm more invested in um your AEWs and NXT because I only get two hours of that. Like the main yes. the main the yes. main the raw smackdown are just like it's a slug to get through. It's like uh Bruh. Bruh. <laughs> I, I will I, I said this the other day on Twitter before I went on Twitter jail. I, I, I haven't watched a full episode of Raw, like legit just sat down and watched from beginning to end. What was the what was the Steve Austin show on Madison Square Garden? The, 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 you know, oh, Steve man. Steve Austin's that it was like what in September, right? Was I it? think like so. September, October? I, I don't remember when exactly it was. But that was the last full episode of Raw that I watched. And before that, the last full episode of Raw was like July. That I I, can't, I just can't I can't get through it, man. I can't. It's impossible. Like I sit there and I'm just like, I'm at yo like yo. I, I feel like I feel like Danny Glover. I feel like Roger Murtaugh, bro. I'm getting too old for this shit. Like I can't I can't sit there and watch. Like it's 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 hard enough to watch three hours of good wrestling, but when you're watching three hours of at best average wrestling and an average show. I can't do it, bro. Like I got too many, too, I got too many things going on. Like I'm a father, I got kids. You know what I mean? I got yeah. a wife, I, I got a life, I got a job, I got a podcast. Like, yo, there's other things in a day for me to sit. <laughs> yeah, there's other things. So I find myself like skimming through it, and then I'll, you know, I'll check out, you know, I'll check out PW Torch, and I'll check out Wade Keller Hotline, and I'll check out, you know, Observer Radio, and I'll and I'll and I'll go back and I'll watch the clips and I'll watch the highlights and I'll skim through it and fast forward and see the things that I like, but. I'm not sitting. You're not getting three hours out of me anymore to, to sit there and watch no. a so-so product. I'm, I just, I'm sorry. You're not. No. And, and and the whole thing about it is, I'm what I tell a lot of people, I think Raw exactly, they know what they are. They know they're a show with a lot of commercials. And now we have long matches 
and you're gonna, you know, but they don't go anywhere. It's a show that doesn't go anywhere, basically. To me, doesn't go anywhere. They 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 blow their wads on their on their fresh matchups because they have to put a they have to put a fresh matchup on TV once in a while, and that kills your pay per views. That kills your anticipation for seeing those matchups that you don't see every day. Like and and it's just it's like, dude, like you know when I finally gave up when I literally saw some combination of Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre for like what it felt like six weeks. I just gave up. I was just like, I'm, I'm done. Like literally Seth, Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre, Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre and a partner versus Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins versus that said partner and Drew McIntyre as a referee. Like, I can't watch this anymore. Like it's just <laughs> enough, enough. Like just bring, you know what? Bring back enhancement talent. Right. You know what? I I I'd be I'd be happier if you just get if for three hours if you gave me two hours of just of just squash matches. Right? I, I would be fine with that. I would I, honestly because what what difference is it now? I'd rather see squash matches than you wasting talent or wasting guys that have potential by having them lose or having this 50-50 booking or or, or these matches that literally go nowhere. Like I'd rather that at least with at least with squash matches, you know, like hey, have Seth Rollins versus Tomato Can from Charlotte, and Seth Rollins looks good in the process. He looks good. He gets over his cool moves, and that's it. On to the next one. Like I'd rather that at this point. Yeah, it's just Raw has become a thing for me where I watch maybe the first hour, maybe two hours. That third hour, you're not getting out of me. <laughs> You're not getting that third out of you. Like I'll watch it maybe when I'm at work or when I come home, I'll skim through it and see what happened. But that third, I would know. No, 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 no. Because right now, I don't think they have um, the star that's going to keep me. You know, they don't have the stars that's going to keep me there for three hours, especially now with all the moves that they made and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it. Um, but the whole self violence thing and you know what they're trying to do and yeah, that's cool. And I understand, you know, what the position that Kevin Owens is going to be playing pretty soon. But if you got those two and everything around it else is the same, it's hard, bro. It's hard to keep watching. And you know, the, and you know, the, and you know, the problem is, and look, we're not saying anything new. We're not saying anything revolutionary that nobody's heard. Look, people have been saying the same damn thing since, you know, to, since 2012, when they first went to three hours. The problem with having three hours of television is that it hurts your pay-per-views. It hurts. It, it absolutely hurts the pay-per-views because it's it's a chore. You have to watch Sunday night for four hours and then three hours the next day. That's just too much. And I think when you don't have a good mid card, I think it absolutely kills you on these shows. Like it absolutely kills you. Like three hours is a long time to really be invested in a product that's basically built around one guy or two guys. That's it. Like that's a long fucking time. Like, yo, when everything else just seems like filler. And everything else just it's not even filler. Everything else seems like just it's just inconsequential to the bottom line. That's terrible. Yeah. That's terrible. It's almost like they have they, they got a script and it says these three things have to happen with self tonight. Everything else, I don't care. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean Vince, I mean Vince Man notoriously. I mean <laughs> what 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 interview with a former past or past WWE writer haven't they said this man only cares about what's going on with his top guys and everything else is just kind of blah. Yeah. It's just, and, it's, and, and it shows. And it shows. Yeah. You can almost tell because he's like, okay, something's going to happen on the first hour. Something's going to happen on the second. And something's going to happen on the third. That's mm-hmm. what he really cared about. Um, mm-hmm. 
and you know, SmackDown is just the no SmackDown is just the easiest show to watch. I don't know why, it just is. And it's an easier show because it's two hours. Yeah. It's, it's it's amazing what that that having that extra hour does for it. It's a it's a tighter it's a tighter watch. Yeah. Just like NXT. When you got two hours, you know what you know what you're trying to hit, you know what you're trying to do, so you get to it, especially with NXT. Um speaking of NXT, uh, we are looking at the rise. <laughs> the the not surprise, but it's just happening really fast now with Keith Lee. Because remember, uh, what, maybe two months ago or three months ago, he wasn't even on TV. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, okay, do do we go ahead and pull the trigger or is he going to be called up? Well, not called up, but move to another, you know, move to another show. Right, right. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I first and foremost, I, I really like Keith Lee a lot. The kid's got a lot of potential. Um, I kind of hope they take their time with it. Uh, don't blow, you know, I hate to say it again, but blow, blow their wad with this one again. Um, I, I think NXT, you know, it's, it's, it's fun when you see these guys kind of come out of nowhere and get over and get hot. And mm-hmm. I think that Survivor Series match really helped them. That's, that's an example of where that kind of match and that kind of big stage can really make a guy. Yeah. And I think a lot of people's eyes were opened up in that Survivor Series match watching Keith Lee. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, it's going to be interesting what they do with him. I hope they play the long game a little bit with it. I know it's heresy, right, to say play the long game uh, <laughs> when it comes to um, NXT. But, yeah, no, I, I think I hope they play the long game with it. I hope they take the time with it. Um, let that guy, let the momentum build. You know, let it build. Let it, let it, let, let that, let that, let that water boil a little bit. Let it, let it keep boiling, boiling, boiling until it gets to that point, And then you pull the trigger. Um, I, I wouldn't know, even but, be mad if he lost the first time around. His first, you know, trying to get title one first, I wouldn't even be mad. And you go come back yeah. to it, come back to it at WrestleMania. It depends on how you lose. If, if you lose, but you look good doing it, and it's a it's a logical story. Again, keyword story, mm-hmm. and it makes all sense. I mean, if you have him challenged for the title, and you know he loses looking like a freaking idiot, then of course that's definitely going to hurt him. And you know what? Sometimes you can't wait too long. That's the opposite of, you know, that's the other thing, too. Sometimes that, you know, I know we're preaching story and, you know, patience and, you know, not jumping the gun too early or whatever. But, you know, sometimes you can't take too long. Eventually it just becomes like, yo, I don't want to watch this anymore. I'm not waiting anymore. You know, so I get it. There is a there is an effect to that. But I think they're not there yet with Keith Lee. I think they're going to take their time a little bit. Um, but you can see it. It's bubbling. It's coming. It's, it's it's like it's simmering. It's it's getting there. So. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I wouldn't mind seeing him lose first time around. As long as it's done right, it seems logical. It mm-hmm. seems like it makes sense. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't mind it. Um, and Rhea, Rhea Ripley. Uh, she, I'm not going to say she came out of nowhere because she was having an awesome year in the UK being right. a UK woman, woman's champion. Um, but you you can tell it's something there. It's something in, it's something with Keith Lee and um, Ripley where I feel like that's you can see them maybe being on Raw and SmackDown. I really can. Unfortunately, how some people may be upset about that, but I can see it. See, and I'm I'm one of those people. And, and, and again, some people are going to call me an NXT hater, but the thing with Rhea Ripley, the thing with, with Keith Lee's, you know, I'll even throw Adam Cole into the mix is these guys are over. They're having great matches. They're, they're consistently having great performances. But part of me is like, I cannot get emotionally invested because a, what does it all mean? And then it's like, yeah, they get up to the main roster, and Keith Lee will will be, you know, shucking and jiving 
dancing with, uh, you know, Alicia Fox in two weeks no, after he comes out. That's you know what I'm saying? Or like, like, like that's I, and, and it's like, well, you know, you can't look at everybody the same way. But it's like, part of me is like, that's what this old seventy fucking three year old whatever whatever his age is now at this point. That's what this old man is going to do. Like, like the majority of guys that have been called up from NXT honestly have all failed. The majority of them. They've all failed outside of maybe, you know, outside of what, Kevin Owens uh... and, and, and the Shield guys. I mean, and Bray, of course. They've kind of all been disappointments. I mean, even Finn Balor. What what has Finn Balor done on the main roster? He won the he he was the first ever Universal Champion. Then he had to relinquish it because he got hurt because Seth pulled a Seth and hurt somebody in the ring. I know, shocking, right? And <laughs> and ever since then, he really never really recaptured that momentum he had, and he's been a disappointment in the ring. Now, has it been all his fault? No, because people are gonna say, oh, well, it hasn't been all his fault. It's been the right, bad writing, bad booking. I get that, but the facts are the facts. He has not been successful. You know, I always, when people say that, I always, I lean more to the, I lean more to Vince and how they, you know, produced him and, you know, book matches. Because because the simple fact that he's, we know he's solid in the ring. Uh, you have to put these guys. You have to be. If you're going to be a coach, you have to put them in the best position for them to succeed. And the problem with Vince is a lot of these guys that he's had, and again, probably the most talented roster WWE has seen all around ever. Probably, yeah. You have to put a Kevin Owens in the right position. You have to put a Daniel Bryan in the right. You know, you have to Absolutely. put everybody in the position they play. Yeah. And not yep. and not say, uh, well, I, I don't like his size and uh, he's too small. It's not about you, Vince. It's not. It's about those people that's paying the money, that's screaming, and 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 that's gonna spend their money. And you know that's another thing with AEW, which irritates me when people say, well, you know, they shouldn't wrestle like that because yeah, I get it, and you, it's a fair point to make. But listen to that crowd. Yeah, listen to the crowd and look who's spending money. Look who's spending the money to come see these matches. So, in a, to a certain point, it's working. And WWE has to learn, or I'm sure they already know, get out your own way. Vince, everybody, Kevin Dunn, especially Kevin Dunn, get out of your own way and let But things... they're not going to. But they're not right. going to right. because they have, no, they have no impetus to make change. They have none. And you know what? I blame us. I blame us, the WWE stands, the, the fans that follow and watch each and every week. You know, I, I I talk all this mess about WWE. And guess what? WrestleMania this year, I'm thinking about going. You know, when they come here, out here to Seattle, I'll, I may go to a live show. I may take my son to a live show. I may take him to a Raw. Like, we're the ones at fault. Like, we're the ones. Because guess what? We continue to get served shit, and we're like, yes, master, give us more. Like... At some point, we got to look at ourselves in the mirror. Like, yeah. we're the problems, too. Like, we keep giving this old man our money and then complaining about the shit that he's giving us. Like, we has no impotence. I-, I keep telling people, you want change? Stop ordering the WWE Network. In droves. Watch the WWE Network start losing network subscribers. In droves. R- the Raw ratings have already been terrible. Same, same thing with SmackDown. But in droves. Stop watching the product. Stop going. You want You want to see real change? Let a WrestleMania, you know, let WrestleMania 36 instead of drawing 75,000 people. Let that let that motherfucker draw 40,000. 
That'd be 30,000 empty seats in that goddamn stadium. You want change? You'll see change then. Let a couple WrestleManias in a row underperform, not gross millions and billions of dollars in revenue. Guess what? You'll see change. Because <laughs> right. at the end of the day, the, 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 the bottom line is what matters. The bottom line is what matters. And, and you brought up an interesting point when you said you blame Vince and creative for the, for the majority of the reasons these guys have failed. You're right. Absolutely. But I think the superstars, the real superstars, the real guys that get over, they get over in spite of bad booking. Like, look at Daniel Bryan. They did everything possible to make this guy a laughing stock and a failure. And he's gotten over in spite of it. In spite of it. Kevin Owens, they have tried everything possible to make Kevin Owens into a laughing stock and a failure. And guess what? He's still there. And he's still over. And he's still – I love Kevin Owens. Uh, uh, full disclosure, I'm a huge Kevin Owens fan. Oh, me too. Going back to back to, back to to days in, in ROH and, and whatnot, like the old Kevin Steen. Like I love Kevin Owens. I think he is pound for pound the most talented guy they have on that roster. He could do anything. He, he, could, he could be a badass heel. He could be a badass baby face. He, he's even shown he can do comedy. Like he could do anything. And they've done – a terrible job of building him up and keeping and making him into a credible, serious act. But guess what? The guy's still over, and the guy continues to get over because everything they give him, he turns into he, he turns into wait, he turns chicken shit into chicken chicken dinner or chicken stew, that whatever the saying goes. Like yeah. he's done everything possible to make it work. You know what I'm saying? Some guys just can get over in spite of bad luck. But the difference from that is, look at that. Look look at look at the at, at bats they get. Look how many times they get to go out there compared sure. to a person like Cesaro. Oh, I don't like the way you talk. So, no, you're going to get in this tag team with Sheamus and you're going to be cool here. Now you're going to be yeah. single and you're just floundering. Yeah. Like, I get, okay, Samoa Joe, injuries. I, I get why his situation is the way it is because, you know, he had a lot of miles on him in the jump when he got there anyway. So, I... I could kind of understand. I'd rather him. Hey, I'm loving his work on commentary, so I'm cool with that. But a lot of the guys don't get the at bats. The at bats came for Daniel Bryan because he was like, "No, we're gonna." They wanted to put him. They wanted to put him in a position to be this uh, mid Carter or whatever. You know, they wanted him to be, and it backfired because they had no choice at the end because he got over. He got over, and yeah. the fans weren't gonna let it die. And that's and one thing I've always. Um, appreciated now when it comes to wrestling fans because I don't know if this would I don't know if we could have did this type of thing uh, years ago and I'm not talking about Austin you know stuff like, I'm talking about in that that in between time you know when you had mm -hmm. your like mm -hmm. maybe somebody wanted to see RVD actually have a run with the title before yeah. You know, before the weed and stuff, or that, but he never got it because it was like, oh no, you're an ECW guy, so you're going to stay in this hardcore division. You know, eventually, right. yeah, he did win the title, but you know that was because oh, we we're having this ECW one night stand. They had to make it. You know, it was reasons why he won, and I understood that. But um, yeah, I I, I think we're both right. I don't think neither one of us wrong is wrong in that. No, I, I mean, there's no scientific answer to all of this. I mean, you know, there's 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 different views and different and and look, somebody might hear this and think, oh yeah, y'all are full of shit. You know what I'm saying? Blah, 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 blah. And, and look, we, we, you could probably make a credible argument against our argument. I, and look, and I know this may sound controversial. I'm going to talk a little spicy right now. Uh -oh. Some guys are just bigger fish in small ponds. And when they get into that, and then when you throw them into that ocean, eh, you're not that special. Like, to me, 
I've I've been slandered because I have called Finn Balor overrated. Like, I think Finn Balor's overrated. Like, that's just my personal opinion. Look, I think he's great in the ring, but he's missing something. Like, he's missing that it. Like, when I look at Finn Balor, like, yeah, he has a good look. Um, he's great in the ring, but do I see superstar? Do I see guy that's going to carry the company like other people do? Like, people have, like, argued with me. Oh, he's going to be the biggest star in wrestling. And I'm like, eh, really? Like, eh, his promos are not great. Like, I don't know what his character, what defines his character. Like, what is he? Who is Finn Balor? Um... Like, what defines him? Like, I, I think some guys are better at being big fishes in small ponds. And well, when you put those it? guys in the when you take that guy out of the Great Lakes and you put him in the Atlantic Ocean, there's no quality that makes him different. I, 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 I'm just a little pushback. Just a little pushback. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, when they had him, uh, as far as... Okay. To me, the problem that happened with uh, the whole Finn Balor thing was when Vince or whoever got learned what the demon was uh, before he won the title the demon was just brought out I think I remember it's like a like that that week that Monday before SummerSlam and I was just like whoa whoa what are we doing here like it was no build up and the demon was only supposed to come out for certain situations and stuff like that and then once you know Vince got a hold of it it was just like Oh no, we're gonna do this because we just want to see it or do it, and I'm just like, something happened where it didn't come off with, and I think it was a disconnect I, honestly, with fans. Bro, but hold on, hold on, hold on. I think honestly, it was a, I think it was a, hold on, give me a minute. I think it was a disconnect. What was supposed to happen with the uh, with the demon is exactly what happened for um uh the fiend. That's how it was supposed to be uh-huh. presented, but WWE fumbled the bag. That's just me. Oh, absolutely. Oh, they, they, I mean, look, I, listen, I'm not sitting here giving WWE any credit whatsoever. I love ripping WWE creative to shit, so you'll never hear some defense from me. That being said, I think the demon is money. I think I've, I've advocated for this in the past. I think Finn Balor should be the demon full time. I, I, I think the demon is money. Finn Balor, he's okay. He's, he's nice. Like, Finn, like, everyday wholesome Finn Balor, smile, baby face, white me, baby face Finn Balor. He's okay. Solid. You know, he's a good, solid player. The demon? That's all star. Yeah, that was different. That's champion. That's championships right there. Like, so I've advocated for it. That, and I've I've had great points on both sides. Some people agree with me. Some people say, Nah, you can't do that because you know it loses his luster. And yes, I agree. And hey, there's no, there is, there is no guarantee that they booked the demon full time demon right to begin with anyway. So I I get that, but. I don't know, man. Like, and I said the same thing about Seth. Like, Seth, Seth is overrated, and I think, and I'm glad that like some people are finally like. I think Seth is overrated. Like, Seth to me, he's a Scottie Pippen. He's a number two. He's a good wingman. He's not a he's not a franchise player. And I'm using sports analogies here. He's not a franchise player. He's not a guy that you necessarily say build around. When he was given the ball, he didn't do well. Now. You want to say half of that was Vince and half of that was him or 75% of that was Vince and creative and half and the 25% was him. Sure. We can, we can, we can argue semantics, but guess what? He failed. Um, I'm not going to disagree with you. I'm just going to say that Seth, um, 
<sighs> if you told and me, I know if, that's if, a whole nother can, and I know that's a whole nother can of worms. I get it. Yeah, I, if, you to, is, if you told, if you telling me in ring, oh, he's he's probably my number one in the ring. But after that, if you're telling me you want him to have that it factor similar to Roman Reigns, no. And I'm not saying Roman Reigns. What I'm saying is, if they want. If they're trying to put him in the Roman Reigns is, you know, where he was at and on when he was at Raw, then it's not going to work. But that's what you want. Now, I can tell they kind of turning him heel, which I think he's more effective as a heel anyway. Um, But if you want him to be a baby face, I just don't think it's going to flow because like look, Roman has all the listen. He has the looks Um, and it, 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 quiet is kept. Fans aren't booing like they used to about Roman Reigns. I don't know if people are noticing that on SmackDown. It ain't what it used to be, and I think people are starting to come around. I could be wrong. I, I Roman, that's another can of worms because I I've been a notorious Roman Reigns hater. Um, now I've I've always I've always said that I get why he's on top. The problem is that I think that when you try to build these guys in a factory and say, this is going to be my top guy, it doesn't work. The mm. guys that have always been top guys, came out they've ha- it, it's, it's happened organically. Yeah, It's happened, you know, you know, I know The Rock was a guy that Vince loved from day one. He just didn't know how to push until he finally stumbled onto The Rock gimmick. I get that. You know, so maybe out, maybe other than like The Rock and like Hulk Hogan, because every everybody in the eighties knew Hulk Hogan was that guy. Like mm-hmm. he he was just he had the look, he had the charisma, he had it all. You know what I'm saying? But for the most part, Bret Hart, happenstance, Shawn Michaels, happenstance, the the greatest babyface of all time, Stone Cold Steve Austin, fucking happenstance. Bro. Triple H, <laughs> Hunt, no, I shouldn't say that. Hunter Hearst Helmsley was supposed to win the King of the Ring. The year yeah. Steve Austin won. Yep. They they absolutely fumbled and bumbled their way into it. Oh, and they did. They absolutely did. It's so just, it's, so, so to me, the Roman Reigns thing was it, it was because you chose Roman Reigns over Daniel Bryan. And I think a, a segment of your audience was like, that's bullshit, and we're not having it. We're not having it. Well, now, he, to your point that to you now to your point that you said that Roman Reigns um, hasn't been getting booed. I think a lot of that has been to the cancer. I really do. Not not saying that 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 helped get him over. I think a lot of people gained a lot of respect and it humanized Roman a little bit. Like, damn, this this you know, it 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 kind of let him show a little bit of himself, you know, with the cancer thing. So I think that's part of it. I also think it's smart that when he came back, they didn't rush him into the main event. They didn't rush him into a prominent position. They kind of let it. They've let it. You know, they they've kind of kept him in the background. You know what I'm saying? Which was smart. That was genius. They kind of learned and said, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna take our time with this. We're gonna take you know we're gonna we're gonna play the long game." There's that phrase again, the long game, and we're not gonna just throw him out there because they it would have failed again if they if Roman Reigns comes back. What he came back? What March of this year? If Roman Reigns comes back March and he's challenging for the world, if he's in the main event of WrestleMania or he's challenging for a championship by backlash, it would have failed again. Now the interesting thing will be. I think Roman Reigns is one of the candidates to win the Royal Rumble. Coming up, uh, the, inter- the interesting thing we'll see will be when they do put him back in that position, what the reaction will be. That's going to be interesting. 
I honestly think he's going to be fine this time. And I don't even know why I feel that way. I just think this time around, people are... I'm not going to say softened. I'm just going to say that I think everything was done correctly this time. Or done a, a done in the, a good enough for him for more people to accept it. Because it's like, you know what, okay. But like you say, it's hard when you say, oh, we got this guy in F, uh, 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 Florida. And he's going to be he's going to be our guy. Like It was always like that. And it was just like and, you know, once he got to the main roster, you, you kept hearing it like, oh, Roman Reigns, he, you know, and once fans became smarter, fans became more knowing of what's going on on the Internet and all that good stuff. Like, that's been the thing. So it grew more and more. And technology is way ahead of than it was back in the day, yeah. like 97, 98, when we was getting stuff off dirt sheets. Yeah. So once people caught on to that, it was just like, ew, no. Like no, no. and they yeah. have they have to stop doing that and just like you know what, it's up for grabs. If you can do it, you do it. I don't care about your body type. I don't care about how tall you are. If you can get to the top, if you can get these fans to cheer for you, then hey, we'll see where it go from there. But it's not like that. It's just I get it because it's wrestling, and wrestling has always been this thing of you know you got you know six packs and this looks. You got to look like a fucking superhero or whatever it may be and I, you know it's cool or whatever but I just think we've moved past that I just really do I think we really moved I mean look at look at look at Bray Wyatt we've moved past that definitely his Absolutely. body you know Daniel Bryan we've moved past that but you know some people are stuck in their ways like Vince uh, what was that that guy back in the 90s like late 90 97 98 maybe 99 he was a big muscular dude Vince was trying to push uh, I mean, what? Uh, I think he was in, in the long list of big muscular dudes oh, that Vince has tried to push. He was like a uh, he was like a WBF bodybuilder. What was his name? Oh, I can't think. What was it? It's gonna it's gonna bother you too. It's gonna come yeah. to you eventually. But um, no, man. I look. I, I think the Roman Reigns thing is interesting because I think there was a lot of aspects at play here. I, I think I think what also hurt him was. That I think he really had some bad interviews in oh. mainstream settings. Yes, that I think did him no favors. Yes. I think he he always came off as aloof, and he was kind of bigger than this wrestling shit. Like, mm-hmm. like, eh, like he didn't like he even didn't buy into like wrestling. Like, he, 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 like, like it almost he almost felt like he was too too cool for the whole wrestling thing. Like, and that kind of that kind of gave him an aura of like phoniness and inauthenticity. I think what also hurt him was Punk and Brian. I, I think coming so soon after Punk and Brian, remember Punk had left the company under bad terms, and that Punk interview. I know Wade Keller always mentions it. Yeah, the podcast. That, that Punk interview did it. Did, that podcast with uh, Cole Cabana did him no favors. When Punk and Punk knew what he was doing, when Punk said, "Oh, go out there, and, you know," with the the edict from management was make Roman look good, make Roman look good, make Roman look good. That didn't help. <laughs> And then I think Brian was the biggest thing, the biggest culprit of it, bro. Like you had the most over baby face in Steve Austin getting over, getting reactions that were batshit crazy. No, we're not going to push him. No, 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 no. Has one, has one of the great title wins in history. And his first feud is Kane where they make him look stupid, you know, you know, and then of course he gets hurt. So like, I think there was a lot of, and, and, and also he, he didn't handle it well either. Like some of the promos, you know, sucker and succotash. I know those were things that were written for him, but mm-hmm. dog, like 
You're Roman Reigns. You got some pull. You got to go in there and say, no, yeah. Vince, I'm not saying that shit. I'm not like, saying I'm this not dumb shit. <laughs> yeah, right? I'm not saying that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, like, so, like we, we want it's, to... It's funny how wrestling is. Like, we always want to blame management and creative, but we don't blame the talent. Like, no, sometimes talent has to hold some responsibility, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to blame the guys that are actually going out there. You know what I mean? You can't just blame management all the time. Like, sometimes you can't always just blame the coaches. Sometimes the players got to go out there and perform and yeah, exceed they, performance. They have you know to what I'm saying? X's and O's. They have to, they have to run the plays correctly. They have to do certain things. I just, Absolutely. I just know that when it comes to WWE, they are very keen on not putting people in the right position. And it, and it, and it oh, shows. They just show. Absolutely. Like, absolutely. WWE, WWE, Vince is the type of guy that would take Lamar Jackson, who's shown flashes as a rookie, as a quarterback. And you know what? You know what, Lamar? You're going to play safety. <laughs> Why? He absolutely would. Why? Why? He has, he's shown flashes of brilliance as a quarterback. He has a specific skill set that makes him unique. No, we're going to put him as a as a safety. But God damn it, he's fast. And, and he's a black guy. Safety. <laughs> no, quarterback. Same thing. Oh, it's, 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 I mean, it's just it's 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 Steph Curry, the greatest shooter of all time. You're gonna play center. <laughs> no, no, Vince. He's six three. He can handle the ball like a magician and can <sighs> shoot from thirty feet. No, no, no. He could be a center. The right? X, the, <laughs> like, the, and, and I know I'm being extreme, but it's like that's Vince McMahon in a nutshell, basically. The, the XFL should be fun. <laughs> oh god <sighs> we, 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 a small tangent did we not learn from this 20 years ago like like uh, a secondary football league does not I, work i don't like, did, think did we not learn from the usfl did we not learn from the you know in in some respects the canadian football league like you know obviously the alliance of AEW fighting football whatever that shit was called uh early this year that alliance football thing like that failed like the XFL will be another failure that they're pouring millions of dollars into that's not going to go anywhere like it's yeah but small tangent sorry yeah, it's just going to be really bad um and i guess we'll just close it out because and don't get it wrong listen there's a lot of things WWE do get right or have gotten right but it's certain things that they would be a whole lot better if they just get out their own way and the easiest thing would have been to you know what triple h it's your turn here Fix this. <laughs> Fix it. Because yeah. clearly you're doing something right in Florida. You yeah. have you I have mean, become yeah, think of this. Where did you think you would ever see uh Triple H become Paul Heyman? People are drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm, ah. I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna go that far. I'm not gonna go that far. I'm I don't buy into the Triple H is this the new messiah of creative of, of creative wrestling. Just yet, mm. I, I'm, I've been late to that party too. I gotta see Triple H when the lights are really on bright. When he's when he's writing, when he's booking shows, you know, Raw and SmackDown week to week. And if he doesn't fall into the same trappings that Vince and and company fell into, so I'm not ready to go there just yet. Like, I, I will agree with you. So it, far, so good. It's the different. The size has been has been good. I just gotta. I I want to see him. I want to see him more when the lights are on bright. It's like I, it's like saying that 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 college coach that like that Lincoln Riley. Damn, Lincoln Riley is good, but I got to see him in a championship game but, in a big spot with the money on the line. I I, I got to see it. When I'm when he's in that position. When I'm saying it, what I'm saying is how people treat him. Because you remember it was at one time we 
all hated Triple H. I don't think. I guess. No. That's, I guess. I guess that's. I'm. I still can't get over Reign of Terror. I, I. I still can't get over. Like to me, Triple H still has a lot of making up to do out of all of the careers that he helped bury and sh- and all of the great workers that he helped shit on at the expense of his own career. So it just it's hard for me to ever root for Triple H just because I lived. We all did shit, but I lived through that that horrendous reign of terror where it's just like each and every week i I still can't get over what he did to triple to book a t like i still can't get over what he did to rob and dam like like you know i I can't get over that so part of me is still like it's it's human nature like part of me i'm still biased like i i I can't i can't get i can't i can't feel all mushy and gushy inside about triple h like ooh, look at him he's he's the messiah of wrestling like nah, (laughs) this was the same dude that was killing dudes left and right yeah, and, and kneecapping cats, but I left just, and right. I see how I see how social media treats him. Yeah, I just it just hits me. I'm like, man, y'all treat this guy like he Paul Heyman. Because remember when ECW, not when the lights were on. I'm talking about when ECW, you know, was still like, oh, you know, word of mouth, and people were talking about it like that, like because people still. I'm not gonna say NXT is word of mouth because now it's on TV. Uh, but I just I remember that time. I remember how people used to treat uh Paul Heyman, how they used to talk about him, and I see a lot of that in how people you know talk about Triple H. But I agree. We could close it out with uh with a topic that you know I want to talk about. You know you you do know the attitude. Oh, I know it. it's overrated. No, I'm, ready. Right? I'm ready for it. It's overrated. You do understand. Listen, it's how can you call something that at one point had executives at ABC and the NFL actually, like, worried, like, concerned, like, yo, Monday Night Raw is pulling in a large segment of our audience. Like, people don't understand this. Like, at its peak, Monday Night Raw was drawing seven, eight million people an episode during football season. Oh, I remember. Think about that. I don't like, think I know that like that's that seems like foreign language now at this point. But like there was a point where WWE was doing massive numbers. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't now I get what you're saying from a as a whole, was it overrated? I can I'm I'm not gonna say it was overrated. Mm-hmm. I think I think people tend to look back at that era with rose colored glasses and that everything was great. Okay, no, I love the Attitude Era. Okay, but I do agree that there were things that were bad in the Attitude Era. Just oh. like people will look back at this era and, and say, like, oh, there were things that were really, really bad. Hell, we we spent two hours basically discussing <laughs> most of it. Like, so of course, every era is going to have its highs and its lows. I think people tend to ignore the lows of the of the Attitude Era right. because the highs were so great. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like the highs were so great, so people tend to ignore the lows. But yeah, there were there were some bad. Yeah, there was some bad shit. I would never argue I money. I can't front. I would never argue money or ratings or anything like that with you. I just notice how some people just say, "Oh, we need to get back to the Attitude Era," and I just freak out and I just be like, "What do you mean when you say that? Like, are you talking about?" in-ring uh, matches and storylines because if that's what you're saying, you might want to go back on the network and watch some of this stuff I, because it wasn't all I good. Think we need to, I think we need to go back to that era in the sense that Raw felt like an event. It felt like you... Could, remember when you missed an episode of Raw back then? I tried not to, but yes. Now, I get it. <laughs> I, I, I get it, but I, but I get it. It was a different time. You didn't have DVRs. 
You didn't have, you know, what culture recapping basically every episode of the show and piece by piece. Like, you didn't have that. So I get it. It's a different time. But remember when you missed an episode back then? Mm-hmm. Like, you you felt like the worst, lamest person in the world. Because <laughs> you missed something. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was a pop culture phenomenon. Like, it was an event to miss, to watch, res- to watch wrestling back then. And that's what we got to get back to. Now, what about that made that that? Characters. Storylines. Yep. And a, a, a renegade aspect to it that made it feel like what you were watching was like, yo, should I really be watching this? Like, should I really be watching? I'm not talking about the tits and the bra and panties matches. I'm, I'm not just particularly talking about that. But like there's, there was a there was a feeling that like, yo, what I was watching was just like too hot for TV. You know what I'm saying? Like, we need to get back to that. We need to get back to that, bro. Like, we need to get back to that. And how you get back to that is with storylines, with pushing guys in the right, in the right, making guys, making guys, um, putting guys in the right situation and in the right uh, situations to succeed. That's how we get back to that. We're great writing. We're great storytelling. That's yeah. how you get back to that. This you know an- what I'm saying? Another thing, like... How did they think? Oh my God. Speaking of fumble into something, Becky, that's how. <sighs> Just imagine if half the women's roster were like had characters like Becky. They would be mm-hmm. unstoppable. There would be no roster that could even try to compete. I mean, they wouldn't even like, yo, we can't even compete with them. What are we trying for? But you know, you only have, it's almost like, it's almost like that thing in hip hop. You can only have one girl on top. Yeah, you can only have this one yeah. girl on top for the time, and it's like it shouldn't have to be like that. Like I should be able to say, nah, we can have all these girls really um, hitting on you know all cylinders, but it's it's I don't know if it's hard. I don't know if they don't they don't they're scared of the unknown. Like everything is something or similar to like what we've seen before, or some you could tell like people are being um, I don't want to say shackled, but you know they say you're supposed to be turned up to like ten. If you know your wrestling character, mm-hmm. you turn it up. Mm-hmm. It's like no, mm-hmm. you you turned up to like six. We don't want you at ten. We want you at six. So you can go this far, but you can't go this. You know you can't say this. You can't do this. You can't do that. And it's like no, they should be like fucking young guns, outlaws out here, like just yeah. really running shit. Like wrestling is supposed to be the craziest shit because you just supposed to know it. Like you know we all know it's a work. It's it's a business or whatever. Right. Right. So why not have these guys like 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 Austin's running around here doing whatever? Like we talking no, about. No, I, I li- no, I, I you, you're absolutely right, bro. They're they're turned uh, sh- shit. You were being generous. Six is generous. Like they're turned up to like four, like four, three and a half, yeah. like three point, you know, like three point seven. Like no, they're they're not they're not turned up at all. I mean, they, and they are scared of the unknown. And and let's be real, like the attitude era happened on accident. It happened by happenstance. Vince was desperate. He was losing money. His company almost went under. Like any, any, almost, he had to basically bite off ECW. Yeah, he had to because that was that was what was going to keep him afloat. You know what I'm saying? He had to bring something different to the table. You know what I'm saying? The same old, same old wasn't working, and people were turning the channel in droves. In droves. Yeah. Um. I. I mean. <sighs> I mean, just look at NXT, bro. Just look, look, look at NXT. Look at that top, the top car, and look how everybody just like, no, I'm gonna be the world champion. From Cole to Champa to Lee to uh, uh, Dijak, 
Like every like that top of the car is insane. Everybody's saying, no, I'm going to be the man here. And it's great to see that. And then you still have, you know, your tag teams and then your undercard and then your mid card and everything is flowing. And that's one thing. One thing that I love the Triple H is doing is like, okay, my top is my top, but I'm not going to forget about everything else because I can't make a whole show without everything else. And that's what Raw, SmackDown, that's what they need to get back to. They get back to that. That's a start. Let's get back to making yeah, a complete roster. Like, okay, I know I got these starters, but I need these role players too. And I need y'all to play the hell of a role. Just think about the role the Hardys and um, Edge of Christian played. Like, mm-hmm. without those ladder matches, like, we wouldn't be, like, would we really be talking about any of them? Any of them. Without yeah. without that first one. And then they got the Dudley boys came in, and then you had all three of those teams. Like, it's certain stuff that happens for a reason. Like, yeah, it may have took some years and there's some damage and stuff like that. And I know that's, you know, they signed up for that. They know, you know, they know the deal, what it is and stuff like that. And I'm sure they got paid handsomely for it. But it was things that people knew their roles. Like Edge of Christian knew they were the goose around that time. But they played the role so well. And I'm sure they got paid for it. And, you know, it they played their role. Kurt Angle. I'm the silly guy, but I can also come out here and kick your ass too. Like Triple H, I'm the cerebral assassin. Undertaker, I'm the dead man. Like you had people playing and now it's just more like people just like eh, I'm here <laughs> like, everybody's just here collecting a check like I'm here so I don't get fined and I know like, not to that I get it I get it because I work too so I know but a guy like Drew McIntyre should be come on what are we doing but it, but it's not even that bro it's just the presentation of the product every show looks the same every yeah. set looks the same no pyro like it doesn't feel special like, what's the difference between a Raw in September and a WrestleMania at this point? Nothing, really. Nothing. I mean, the stage, you you in a football stadium? I mean, That's probably what I'm yeah, saying. you're in a football stadium, basically. I shouldn't I shouldn't say Raw. What, what's the difference between Night of Champions and WrestleMania at this point? Nothing. Okay, you get a couple more. You you get a couple uh, of, of legends from the past in big matches. That's about it. Outside of that, nothing. Nothing else. There's, there's no discernible interest uh, difference between uh, any of those shows. Like, the, the presentation of the product. Like, let's go back to basics. Like, let's make... If you're going to do a brand extension, make these shows different. Make SmackDown com- completely different than Raw. Don't have the same announcers. Don't have... Don't, everything from the ring presentation, the, 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 the ring ropes, the camera angles, everything. Make it different. Make Just do something different to say, you know what? We're just doing this different. I mean, everything is still the same. Yeah. Everything is, everything is the same. Everything is the same that it was from 20 years ago. It, it's just, it's nothing, it's nothing, nothing new. Nothing new. <laughs> and I think that the, I think the Attitude Era was refreshing because they changed up a lot of things. They changed up the presentation of the product. Yeah. Things look different, you know. But we're still I, I get using, a lot of it, I, we're still using lot, yeah. some of those things from the Attitude Era that's like, no, we need to change again. Like Chris Jericho, yeah. you gotta always change and reinvent yourself. And if anything, if you learn from Chris Jericho, you would think WWE would be like, hey, how does he stay relevant? Because we've had acts here before that once they left here, they weren't relevant anymore. Or once they came back for the second time or the third time, they weren't relevant. Chris Jericho's doing something right. You can't stay the same because people get tired of it. Yeah, it's cool to think, you know, think about it and you know, pop in a DVD or go back and watch it and laugh and yeah, remember that. 
But if they seeing you now, like you shouldn't look like the same show that you were ten years ago. The same way you go to backstage, the same way you cut to commercials, the same. You know, it's just come on, come on, y'all. Nothing, they better just, than it does nothing. Nothing special. Nothing feels special about it. And even even the audience, like you could just like, look. You you forget forget content or no content. Look at look at some of those raws and the crowds and the signs. I mean that energy, that that atmosphere, that feeling. You don't get that makes a show. People people don't think that makes a show. Tell me the difference between a hot crowd and a boring, bland, blase crowd on a raw. You, it's it. There has been bad raws that have that have been bumped up to good raws just because the, the crowd, crowd is so hot. Yeah. These crowds you seem tell like me a crowd doesn't make. Yeah, they seem they, they, they even the crowds are bored. The more casual, they seem like a casual crowd now. They're not diehards anymore. That's in like you when you know when you go to New York or you know your big cities, you still have diehards. But now when they go to these like smaller arenas, you can tell it's like. Oh, I like wrestling, but I don't watch it every week, and I'm taking the kids to go see it. And bro, and you know what? Even that's an excuse because you know, back in the day when they went to Phoenix, Phoenix was a hot crowd. When they went to Charlotte, Charlotte was a hot crowd. When they went to Timbuktu, Tampa, uh, Timbuktu, Montana, that was a hot crowd. When they went, like you went everywhere, it was a hot crowd. Now it's oh well, Chicago, New York, or 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 Canada's Bizarro World. No, every crowd was hot. <laughs> every crowd was hot. So like I just to me it's just like I think they need to re but they're not going to because again I blame us we're the fans Vince has no Vince has no motivation to change WrestleMania is still making billions of dollars yeah. WWE as a whole is still making money the yeah. network is still making money so they have no they, they and, and you know Vince surrounds himself with a bunch of yes men so everybody's like yes Vince <laughs> yes Vince everything is great <laughs> everything is wonderful Vince everything is amazing oh wow did you see that did you see how many people paid for WrestleMania this year oh do you see these cities basically you know bidding against themselves to basically bring in WrestleMania like we're the Super Bowl everything is wonderful Vince so so what what change is going to happen uh, probably nothing <laughs> Unfortunately, and we'll be back here. We'll be back here in a few months talking about the same thing over and over again. The same issues, the same problems, the same weaknesses, the same rants and tangents. Why? Well, you know, I try. Not to, this is the first. You know, this is the first episode where I really ranted. Like, I really try not to rant. I try to be more positive, but sometimes stuff got to be said. And I think this is the week to say it. <laughs> and because I don't once. talk about wrestling a lot on my show, unfortunately, like so, I like shows like this is where I get the vent. So this is good. This is therapeutic for me. It makes me like, you know, I actually like want to go put on some shit now. I actually want to go like watch a wrestling show now. Like, because <laughs> it helps me vent. Like I've been carrying, I've been holding this issue in with me for months on end. So I haven't had a chance to vent, but that was a problem, man. And, and it's like, we're wrestling fans at the end of the day. I know there's this thing online where like, if you criticize a product too much, you're not a real fan. No, we all love wrestling. Like there's a reason why we all talk about it. We all do a show dedicated in some, in some ways and forms dedicated to wrestling because we love it we grew up with it it's a part of our lives like yo half of us have been with wrestling more than we've been with our significant other like yeah like, it's a part <laughs> yeah. of our lives yo <laughs> like so we love this but we just want to see it better i'm not saying it has to go to the heights of the attitude era or the golden era but it could be a lot better it could be closer to that yeah. than farther from it you know and, what I mean? and you know and that's so what that's one thing um, I do appreciate, and we'll get out of here after this. This one thing I do appreciate about AEW, they're not above criticism. And I guess that's good because you're a young promotion. You're two months in. You know you don't know everything, and you know like you have growing pains. You're going to have things that 
going to come from left field that you may not know how to handle and you may do know how to handle. But when people, uh, you know, criticize them, they don't really get too much offended. And even some of the changes that people have told them they should do from what I've been hearing, you know, they've been doing them. You know, hey, you need to get these guys on a microphone. Uh, I think it was like two or three weeks after I heard that, you know, Moxley was on the microphone. Like, mm-hmm. it's certain things that you have to do. And I get WWE's thinking. What are you talking about? We're the number one game in town and we're making money. It's no different than no different than when P. Diddy was on top. Yep. <laughs> it's no different. Because you know what? He was still sampling music. <laughs> still going platinum. Still, still going, going platinum. platinum. It's still, still on top. Records were still number one. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, it's it's a dr- it's a drug, man. It's, yeah. it's addicting. When you're on top, you don't have you have no impetus to change, bro. When you've been doing things for 20 years and, and, and no matter how bad the ratings get, no matter how this or whatever, you still making money hand over feet. Like, yo, you you're not going to change. You're not going to change. What motivation do you have to change? None. So, yeah, yeah man, I, it's it's frustrating because we all see it. I mean, my son sees it and he's five. Like, we all see the problem. But this 70 year old man that's supposed to be a wrestling genius and a wrestling servant doesn't see it. Yeah, you're old, you get stuck in your ways, I guess. But as a businessman, you never, you know, you're always supposed to be ahead of things, not behind. And you know what? Vince McMahon has been more wrong than right. The times he's been right, he's he's lucked into right being right. When he when he's been right, it's been a big right. And when I say a big right, it's been big money wise. Mm-hmm. Hogan, yeah, money, you know. Yeah. And now yeah. and, and now it's rock just, and wrestling. You know, yeah, all these things that he did. Yeah, it's now yeah. become more of no, we are a brand, and I get it. I mm-hmm. look, I get it. WWE's a brand now, and that's what they pushing. They really don't want superstars anymore, and so be it. But yeah, it, they they don't they don't want it. They don't uh, want it anymore. They're the they're the circus. They're they're gonna they're gonna yeah. present the same product week in and week out, and people are gonna go. And they're not a wrestling company anymore. I mean, they, you could argue you could argue they never really were, but you know they're definitely not a wrestling company now. I don't even know if there's I don't even know if there's sports entertainment anymore. Like I, I don't know what they are. <laughs> um, I, I'll never forget Beyond the Mat where Vince said we make we make movies. I'm like what. And that was like well, back in been, what ninety seven. I was like, 99. Yeah. I was like, so I mean, you've wow. been you've been making some shitty movies, bro. <laughs> a lot of you B are, movies. You are you are no Miramax. <laughs> that's that's for certain. Uh, I want to thank you for uh, jumping on with me tonight. Uh, I appreciate you, you know, giving me a you know an hour of your time to jump on here and just talk wrestling, man. Um, is it anything that's yeah, coming? Awesome, up? man. Anything coming it's been up? Awesome, man. Anything? I'm bad cutting you off. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> you good? Is anything coming? A little up? delay there. Sorry. Anything coming up you want to uh, let the people know about that you may be doing? Nah, man. Another episode uh, coming up this uh, weekend. I haven't announced anything yet. I took a little bit of a break, obviously, with the Thanksgiving holidays. So um, definitely be back with another episode this weekend of the podcast. New episodes each and every Sunday. Uh, I'm still working on a guest. I'll I'll announce something on Twitter, you know, when I get out of Twitter jail and next, (laughs) whatever, uh, next hour, next few hours or so. But, uh, uh, yeah, man, just continue to keep listening to the show and and uh, like I said, new new guests each and every week. I try to I try to switch it up on the guests. You know, if I have a basketball analyst on one week, you know, I'll have something totally different on the next week. I try to give you all a consistently different show each and every week. I think that's what makes podcasts great, um, having a, a, a different voice and a different you know point of view each and every week is always cool and special. So. Um, you know that, man. And then just, you know, as the year wraps up, man, just continue to give y'all great content, man. Um, I'm going to be hitting the podcast thing hard 
in 2020. So, you know, hopefully y'all are there along for the ride with me, man. And I want to thank you, man, for having me on as a guest on your podcast. I, I, I know a lot of people don't say this, but it's an honor when somebody wants to bring me on to their show to talk values my opinions enough to have a conversation that, that's an honor that i don't i don't uh take lightly so uh no yeah man, I, I appreciate you and i thank you no doubt man anybody i ever have on any of my shows i'm i'm a, I'm a fan of or you know we have we have a good communication or any you know something in that reason why i got you on the show i like what you talk about i love your show like like i listen to your show like <laughs> it's Thank like you. downloaded yeah. so that's an honor that's an honor right yeah there. Love right there so i appreciate that man i, I really do i really yeah do so yeah man so uh if you want to follow me on social media you can follow me at jeff versus the world on Facebook and Twitter. And if you have any questions or comments, uh, you can leave at Jeff versus the world at yahoo.com. Uh, yeah, we'll just close out episode, uh, number seven. Like I always do, Manny, I have one thing to tell you. Yes, sir. I am not Dave. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>